Yay. Don't worry, I was plugged in the wrong way, so <laughs> it's all good. It works. I had to turn off Ready Player One. Am I audible at the moment? You are very yep. audible. You sound great. Huh. Are we I'm missing trying to record Trisha? it with Audacity, and it's not recording anything. Oh. Weird. Strange. Uh, maybe it's set differently or something. <laughs> Trisha wasn't ready. Well, huh. she can call us in a minute. Okay. Hmm, I'm tired. So, mm-hmm. we have lucked out. And this is Puffalo, and we always talk about the weather. So, here we go. Gorgeous today. Absolutely I hate you. Gorgeous today. <laughs> I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. We hit our first snow. Well, see, here's what's Mm -hmm. coming. It's supposed to be nice tomorrow, but cold. It's supposed to be nice on Wednesday, and then Wednesday overnight into Thursday, we're supposed to get snow, freezing rain, and or sleet. I see. Uh So that will be interesting. We had our second snow as opposed to the one we had a few months ago on Friday. And it didn't stop until the middle of Sunday. So wow. we have about three or four feet of snow now. Oh, I think it's winter. <laughs> well, if Bernie is anything to go on, it's going to be a heck of a winter. Oh, yeah? Here, so I hear. He is eating like crazy. Like every hour he's like, I'm starving. Can you feed me, please? I'm starving. Can you feed me, please? Yesterday he caught a squirrel. He ate half of it, and then I, when I went to bed last night, Alex was in eating the last of it. All that's left is a tail. Oh, my. Huh. And I told Alex, you are not welcome in my bed with squirrel breath. Go away. So he went and slept with Mom last night. <laughs> Interesting. She didn't know that he'd been hear eating you. squirrels. That's good. We can hear Yay. you. Yay. Okay. Squirrel. That's always good. Yeah, my cat's ate a squirrel. Ulrich says hi. Hi, Ulrich. And Scott, mom said oh, to say hi to you. So Scott says oh, hi nice. to Yeah, I said, I'm going out to podcast. And mom said, tell him hi. And I said, I'm not podcasting with Ryan and Danielle, but I am podcasting with Scott. She said, well, you can tell him hi. Because she knows you. Oh, that works. Yeah. What did, Trisha, what did Ulrich say that wasn't so nice? Oh, he wants, he wants to um, tell everybody that he doesn't have school tomorrow. So he's all excited about that. Snow day? I don't have work tomorrow. I'm no, rather excited about no, that. No. It's a national holiday tomorrow. I don't know why Scott has the day off, but the rest of us have the day off because it's a holiday. We do? Well, I don't have off. I don't either. Well, I have it off because it's Remembrance Day. Mm-hmm. So it's a holiday for us, too. And yeah. So oh, Veterans Day. Tomorrow Duh. is Veterans Day. Okay, okay. And apparently, if you're veteran- my son doesn't have off. Really? For Veterans Day? No, but they have like a teacher in service. So this is the first time they have ever had off for Veterans Day. Huh. Wow. I don't think we had Veterans Day off at school. I never had it. I don't think we did either. There was usually an assembly involved. but We get Veterans Day off, but we have to work on Columbus Day. Okay. Mm. I don't know why. Hmm. We might have had some of the days off at school, too, because I seem to remember getting like the assembly being on the Friday and then getting the Monday off or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. Yeah. And it's weird because we work today and then we have tomorrow off and then we have to go back to work on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And usually Thursday is my home visit day, but this week we're having kids on Thursday and we're not doing home visits. Uh-huh. So. What does that actually mean? I don't think I'm quite clear on that. Home visits? Yeah. Part of our mandate is that we spend a certain amount of time with the children. 
And so one day a week, we spend an hour and a half with three different children in their homes. And we do fun and educational things with them. So I've done really neat things. We've gone, I I actually uh, one time showed up and they had forgot I was coming and she was on her way to get her car oil changed. So I just jumped in the back and we went and got the car oil changed. And while we were sitting in the lobby, we just did what we had planned to do during the day. I went once to a dog adoption. They decided they were going to adopt a dog at the Humane Society and they asked if I would go with them. So I did that. (laughs) But usually I just go into their house and we do a craft or we do sorting or cooking or something and, you know, spend time learning, intense learning stuff. Is that Mm -hmm. just an Oregon thing? No. I I think it's a Head Start thing. Because I never had that at Head Start. Hmm. Well, but if you were in a four-day program, then you wouldn't have it. It's the three-day programs that have it. Uh, I think I went every day. Yeah. That's why. I don't know. We didn't have Head Start when I went to school. Mm-hmm. It's is fun. that new? I love it. Well, because they're cutting our funding, it's cheaper for us to do one home visit and three days of school because we don't have to pay the electricity for the kids on the school and we don't have to feed everybody on that day. So it's kind of scary for some of the kids, I imagine. But they think it's great. You know, my teacher's coming, my teacher's coming. And we're pretty easygoing about it. You know, if yeah. you want to meet us at the park or if you want to go to the grocery store and pick out food or you know we want it to be fun for the kids so we'll do whatever you want to do i suppose it's a little different with preschoolers whereas you know once you get to like middle school and seeing your teacher out of context is just yeah no that would be wrong they still think i live at school so actually most of them don't because almost all of them have gotten to come to my house on a field trip Uh so they all know where i live nothing nothing beats is when your friends realize your parents are teachers and they teach at the same school district that you teach that, oh, that you go that you to go to yeah yeah my parents both of my parents did my dad was a fourth grade teacher my mom was an eighth grade teacher eighth grade english teacher or ninth grade i can't remember who knows she was in she was high school and mm-hmm. so it was kind of i mean once they got to high school they didn't they're like, oh yeah, that's Mrs. Staley, but um, but yeah, when it was when my dad was in fourth grade, they're like, that's your dad. That's your dad. Here. How come your dad's here? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't get away with crap. No, I bet not. But kudos to your parents. My fourth grade teacher was my favorite teacher. I don't remember his name, but I remember <laughs> but he was your favorite. He was my favorite and my sixth grade teacher. He called me up. I remember that class. It was really fun. He had a, a kids waiting pool in the middle of the classroom and we raised crawdads you did what raised huh. crawdads from eggs we hatched them from eggs and we raised them until they were big and then i imagine he took them home and ate them but i have no idea crawdads crayfish oh okay, i don't know what okay. else you would call them no i know what i know what a crayfish is mud, mud monkeys or something like that i think sometimes they're called uh. but i remember at the end of the year he called me up he he only did this with like four kids he called me up to his desk and he he gave me a book because he knew I was a reader. And he said, I think you will like this. And he gave me, I think it was oh. The Call of the Wild or something like that. Oh, my. Actually, it was Call It Courage to read. And he had signed it. Mm-hmm. It was pretty neat. You still have it? I don't know. I kept it for a really long time. But when I moved out, a lot of my books and things got purged by my parents. Oh, I was going to say, there you can, find, you can find what his name was then. Mm, yeah. I want to say his name was Mr. Proctor. Oh, that my was, goodness. That was the sixth grade teacher. I don't remember the fourth grade, but the sixth grade was Mr. Proctor. 
Did you have a Mr. Proctor too? No, it's just a famous name. Oh, well, there you go. Famous for what? Uh, The Proctors were some of the accused witches in Salem. Oh. (laughs) Totally on the opposite side of the country, but... You know, it's okay. Los Angeles. Maybe they fled. (laughs) Yeah, they were trying to get away from all that prosecution. Prosecution? Is that the right word? Good enough. There was that, too. I had I had a half a mics already, so I'm a little loopy already. <laughs> I wanted to adulterate my coke, but that wasn't happening apparently. Uh, I was good. I didn't put rum in the eggnog. I just had the eggnog straight earlier, and then Aww. we had some soup, and now I have a drink. You and my co- one of my cousins would get along. I, the rest of the family just can't. Well, no. One cousin likes eggnog. The rest of us don't. The adults kind of, although my father's more partial to buttermilk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, I know. But we had this, we had this eggnog. discussion. Yeah, well, that's the whole reason we were been talking about the eggnog, is because you were talking about your ex and he was in him making eggnog, Trisha, in the podcast that I just edited. <laughs> I still miss that. I know. So that it, I t- it was really good eggnog. I told Danielle about the eggnog I like, the Organic Valley, and she found some, and she's like, Sue, this is so good. Mm-hmm. And on the last podcast, the POV podcast, she looked it up, and she it's like number 17 out of a list of 100. So that's pretty cool. Of 100 what? Of that, the 100 best eggnogs. It's number 17. Huh. So... I'm surprised somebody actually made that list, but there you go. Yeah, Danielle found it. I don't know. I didn't actually see it. That's just what she told me. Mm-hmm. My head's heavy. Is it? Is it ready to fall asleep? No, I have a big towel on my head. What have you done? No, I just got a shower. Oh, okay. I thought maybe you dyed your hair green or something. No. No, I can't do that. Not allowed to do that kind of stuff. I, I got enough people talking about me at work. I don't need more. I love your posts, you know. Which one? I did it again or something like that. I'm like, I'm afraid to even know what you've done now. <laughs> oh, no. I um, yeah, last Arc had football practice, and I didn't have cheerleading. It was for his senior bowl. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'll be in there. I'll knit. And I'll play some games on my phone and stuff like that. And I had the radio on and had the phone plugged in, and I killed the battery. Oops. Huh. This is the third time I've killed this battery. We need to get oh, you a, a battery charger. So what I did is, I mean, same battery. So I ended up after I got finally got jumped. It took like twenty tries to get jumped. Well, it was a but I was in a very nice part of the neighborhood and ritzy part. And yeah, you think these guys know how to jump a car? No. <laughs> Luckily enough, Oric's coach. He's like a. a Cigar smoking construction worker. He got it. He he let all the other foo foo guys try to jump it, and once they left, he's like, "Here, let me try this." <laughs> he jumped it. <laughs> <laughs> so and then so I I flew down the highway to get to Advanced Auto Parts before it closed. I got there and five minutes to spare, and I looked at the guy. I go, "Just give me a brand new battery. I don't want to deal with this anymore. This is mm-hmm. the third time in less than six months that I have killed, killed the battery. battery. I'm like, I'm getting a new battery. So, uh, $160 later, I got Ooh. a new battery. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that was not even the best one. I got the middle of the road. He's like, here's the good one, here's the better one, and here's the best. 
we'll go for the middle. Mm-hmm. The middle's always a safe bet. Yeah. So, yeah. So now I'm so I'm a little bit singing the blues until payday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was doing that. I actually got more this month on my paycheck because I've been working a bunch of extra hours, and I was like, "Ooh, that's helpful." Yeah. I took. Yeah. Mine. So that was me doing. Oops, I did it again. Okay. I, I and took, then I started to sing along. Yeah. <laughs> my sister-in-law started it. You started, and you just kept on going. Oh mm-hmm. dear. Give Mooney a song. There will be singing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we're all That's singing. True. And Mooney knows them all. Well, I wouldn't Most go that them. far. <laughs> you know a lot of them. I have Hallelujah stuck in my head for the last like week. It's oh, okay. getting annoying. Well, that's a good one, though. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, we'll see what we can come up with. To I haven't found one. I haven't found a Hallelujah I don't like yet. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, I found one I don't like, and I don't remember who sings it. <laughs> Which is probably just as well. I heard a song that I hadn't heard in years the other day. I listened to Garth Brooks sing The Dance. I don't think I have that one. Let me go check. And it was really nice. Apparently, there was a woman in the audience that had had chemo for breast cancer in the morning and showed up with a sign that said, Chemo this morning, Garth tonight, looking for the dance. And she held the sign up, and he called her up to the stage. Well, that's what that news thing was about. Uh-huh. And then he took the sign from her and gave her his guitar. Oh. Oh. It was really yeah. touching and cool. But it was Aww. fun to hear the dance. I hadn't heard that in years. And yes, I've I do. I always enjoyed that song. Introduced to Garth Brooks after listening to Celtic Thunder do the Thunder Rolls. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm, that's interesting. Nice. I was like, this is my new favorite song. That's a good song. We've started watching. Mom's got new TV shows. Usually, there's things that I don't like her to. I don't. Not that I don't like her to watch, but that I don't like to watch. She's always watching something. So the <laughs> other day, I went in and she was watching this dog training video. Okay. And it's called Lucky Dog, and it's about this really wonderful man who's a dog trainer and he goes to the local humane societies and he takes dogs out that are, you know, getting ready to be euthanized and he matches them with a family and then he trains them to be whatever the family needs. And he's just amazing. So they aren't just looking for pets? Well, yeah, but sometimes, but he makes sure that they're trained. And so the one lady was looking for, a, you know, an older dog and he found this great older dog for her and he went and he talked to her and he found out that she lived near the water, near the coast, and she loved to go paddle boarding. So he decided to train the dog to paddle board with her. Oh, my. And, oh, how neat. And one family had these two energetic little boys and they wanted to be able to go camping. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, camping for a dog is really dangerous. So I'm going to have to make sure that the dog understands no means, you know, you don't get into the food. You don't because, you know, they could get into something that yeah. could kill him. So he 
And then he sets up these tests. So he like put all this food out on the blanket and told the dog to stay and then walked away and the dog stayed and didn't touch it and, you know, got it. One was about a dog that the lady was a realtor and she'd figured out that if she had the dog in a realtor in the houses that she was showing, it made people relax more. But the dog liked to pee on things. So he had to (laughs) make sure that the dog wouldn't pee in these multi-million dollar houses. Oh, my so, but he's really a neat, he's neat. So I, we watch Lucky Dog. And now, and then the one that's on right before, right after that is Dr. Chris, who's an Australian vet. And so we get to find out all these different things that he does as, as an Australian vet. And then the latest thing that she started watching is Trisha Yearwood's cooking show. She's got a cooking show? She does. Huh. Oh so we've been watching that. So that's my Saturdays before Doctor Who happens. But, yeah, if anybody gets the chance to watch Lucky Dog, it's a lot of fun. And I found out a little bit about Brandon. He was raised with a circus family. So he was raised training lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> and um, he, he's the narrator from Shark Week. So hmm. if you listen to... Oh, so you must, you must have a good voice, then. He does. Oh, and he is cute. <laughs> But he does have a nice one. And when, he, when he's praising the dog, he's like, good, good, good. He's really funny. Good, perfect, perfect, good. Oh, that's good you found something you both like to watch. That's yeah. fun. Mom found him on Ellen. Apparently, he's been training Ellen's dogs. And he just trained a dog for a veteran. He The veteran was... He lost both his legs. Oh, I thought you meant like a veterinarian. No, the veteran lost both of his legs to okay. a bomb and part of one of his arms and he can use the prosthetics, but he can't, he doesn't have very good balance. Okay. And so he's trained this dog to brace. So the dog oh, goes partly sure. up the steps and, and the man says brace. And then the dog will hold up the man's weight while he walks up the stairs. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. Shall we start this thing so we can get out of here in a reasonable hour? All right. Here, let me oh, make sense. Let me double check and make sure that I am recording Skype and not Safari. Yes, I am. <laughs> Always good to know. Always a good thing. Ark, can you give me my phone? <laughs> Ark, and a glass of water, please. My phone <laughs> and a glass of water. <laughs> Anything else? It's always nice we'll when you have a waiter. see how long it takes. What do you think you forgot? What did you forget? I don't want your glass of water. Ew, no. boy cooties. You got floaties in there. <laughs> Hello? Stop watching television. Akio, water. That could backfire. Akio, water. <laughs> that could make a mess. It could. Yeah. Well, Earl No, that is one thing that drove me nuts about reading these chapters is Aloha Mora. They kept spelling it wrong, and I wanted to be like, no. <laughs> it's I not right. I don't know, because I don't read it. They, it, it was aloha and then mora, two separate words. The A and the M were capitalized. Hmm. I totally bypassed it and just. Could always be a. Um, could be a fan spell check thing. Spell check thing, yeah. Yes, in my hand. Thank you very much. Oh. I have to specify these details. Well, he's sitting there, like, like a not like three inches away from my hand, watching the television, and while I'm mm-hmm, driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. That's what kids are for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, are we ready? Sorry. 
It's okay. For Friday, March 27th, this is episode 206 of Potter Thick Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story Very never awesome ends. Very awesome fun. Very awesome fun. That's us, man. There's something going on. I'm not Microsoft. <laughs> I wasn't snoring, was I? I'm a Sherbert Levin. If I start snoring, let me know. Never mind. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Uh, we're just having adventures. Yep. We're adventures. Adventures are good. Good girl. Now tap those trousers. Just rip. Yeah. Ooh, we're evil. Sounds like okay. Oh, I snorted. Oh, I snorted so much yesterday. It was unreal. <laughs> same safe time, same safe channel. It's all snake. Well, wow, wow. First, wow, wow. 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 Wow, I swear, yeah. I read them for the stories. <laughs> Sex and snow gags. Awkward. I'm so good at have nightmares. <laughs> I know I have to remember what I'm going to say. Oh, welcome to Potterfic Weekly, the flagship of the Potterfic Weekly family of podcasts. I am Sue. I'm Scott. I'm Trisha. And I'm Mooney. And we are starting We Belong To in America. We're going to continue on a little bit further from what we were doing the last couple of weeks just because we're enjoying it so much. So we thought we'd give you the taste of the second one and get you really hooked so you'd read the other two on your own. (laughs) I just read the whole thing today. (laughs) You finished it? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I know. I'm so glad it's short. I couldn't stop. Yeah. Oh, you and mean I kept just... going, I don't remember reading this the first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you didn't read it. I don't. Well, no, because I remember CJ getting involved. Okay. But I don't remember. this. Well, maybe you skipped this chapter. Maybe I skipped the whole, the two in between and just went right back. To... Yeah. Did you go right to the last one? Possibly. <laughs> it oh could be God. that you accidentally clicked on the wrong, you know. Blink or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. This is written by MJ2007, and we are reading it on fanfic. Is that where we're reading it? I don't yeah, that's what I have. Yeah. Fanfiction.net. I didn't have that part up. I'm like, uh, what is this called? But we're starting out, and basically there's an author's note that says, this story is a continuation of the earlier story, We Belong. And the author strongly recommends you read that one first, which because otherwise it won't make any sense. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so we start off, and George is asking Harry how he looks because George is dressed like a muggle, just like mm-hmm. Mr. Weasley. Yes, and, and poor George is sort but of a, lot a style. <laughs> what, what do you call that? A, a clothes horse, and. Huh? And he likes to be well-dressed, and Hermione has not dressed him well, and he's not mm-hmm. very happy They've with They've dressed him like Remus Lupin. Yes. And he's like, it works for him. No, no. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's all in uh, earth tones and slightly bigger than fits him, so it's a little slouchy. and He's supposed to look like a, a writer. That's his cover. But he <laughs> figures it just doesn't quite 
fit. <laughs> yeah, he he says I can see I won't be dating much in Salem. <laughs> Little does he know. Because you know he's used to wearing the fluorescent dragon hide jacket mm-hmm. and everything. So yeah, yeah, he'd rather be dressed like serious. <laughs> yes, very much so. And so they come up to get him. Don't forget your sport coat. They're having a nippy spell, says Harry. And he's like, oh, he doesn't know. And then he hears Bill call from down below. Mom's here to see you off. And he thinks about it. And he's like, I'm going to get my sweater. And so he concentrates on his sweater that's still in his apartment. And he occupies it. And here so it goes flying over London. Yes, it does. Yeah, it's his sweater. Well, most people would just think it was either really windy out or a big lumpy bird. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, and he, See the tabloids. <laughs> the aliens t- stole my sweater. <laughs> Floating sweater seen in London. <laughs> mm-hmm. News at 11. Haunted street. <laughs> oh, my. And so he puts it on and he goes downstairs and Hermione's about ready to tell him to take it off. But Molly's all excited because he hasn't worn that particular one in 10 years. And he, you know, kind of grins at Hermione because he knows he's just bested her. <laughs> yes, because he, re- he refuses to put on the uh, corduroy sport coat with the patched elbows because that's just too much. So that's, that's why too, he's getting his sweater. Too Remus Lupin. Yes. Although really it should be his jumper. He wouldn't call yes. it a sweater. But no. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he's getting used to Americanisms. There you go. Yeah. That must be it. He's practicing. Yep. And so they're looking for Alf and here he comes and he's eating one of Fleur's rich pastries and he says, This is the last time we're gonna have anything good to eat and George is like, Oh god, I have to cook and I don't Little know how do to they know without magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's never used a muggle c- kitchen. Mm-mm. And uh, he's like, uh, Elf, do you know how to make coffee at least? He's like, well, I could boil, boil water. <laughs> I had a friend who burned water. That's hard to do. Yeah, I don't know how she did it, but she did. Well, if you boil the water all the way out of the pan, then you burn up the pan. Yeah. I'm assuming that's what she pan. meant, but she made it sound like that wasn't what she meant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's not possible to actually make water catch fire unless you do some very strange things to it. Well, if you want water to catch fire, it's really easy. You just add sugar. Hmm. Duly noted. And it's the sugar catching fire. Yes. Yeah. And it's highly flammable, so be careful with it. Or, you know, you could float some oil on top of it and light that. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did. As a side note, I did, Scott, finally replace my smoke detector from the night that I beat, beat it up into submission when we recorded the ores for you and Jen. <laughs> I have not had a working smoke detector until just yesterday because I beat it until it broke. Oh, wow. I did. Well, it was going off and I was unhappy with it. I should listen to that. I haven't listened to that one because you said it wasn't worth trying to edit, but it might be fun anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's great to listen to eh, 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 as I get out of the shower. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, stupid thing. So, anyhow. So, I love this. Three days later, it's staring at him, taunting him, mocking him. He wanted in the worst way to blow it to pieces, but he was trying to be a muggle, and he can't make coffee. The coffee maker is not working. He's followed the directions. He's measured everything. He's packaged it. He's put the water in, and (laughs) nothing is happening. Elf comes over and turns it on. Yeah. (laughs) 
Shut up. But I, I love what he says and watered the damn thing. Like, you know, like you have to water a plant. Yeah. Oops. Now they have coffee and he's feeling a little better. Mm-hmm. And, and at least it's a gas stove. So he's used to working with flames under things. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine him with an electric stove? They're hard enough to use as it is. And he'd burn everything. Mm. It's what I'm used <laughs> to, so to I don't know how I would do with a gas stove. But I love yeah. gas stoves so much better than an electric. I have mm-hmm. one. I hate it. Yeah, we had electric for years. And I just had it. a gas stove at my other house. I had, and I, I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, the wind was blowing and it blew the fire out once and I couldn't for the life of me figure out what to do. Turn it off. So I had to have my parents come over and my father show me how to go downstairs and light the thing up, light the thing on fire again. And it was just like, I am never doing this again. Because <laughs> with my luck, I will burn the house down. Yeah. That's all right. I, it's easier for me to leave the, the electric one on. Mm-hmm. One oh, time. Oh, yeah. Well, one time I did, I did it and didn't realize it. And I had a glass, um, a glass dish on it with nothing oh, in it. Oh, oh! And I didn't, I didn't realize I did it. And all I was just doing is homework, and all of a sudden, oh. here, I mean, it sounded like a gunshot go off. Oh, <laughs> he's it, lucky he didn't get hit with shrapnel. Oh, he got, he got hit. Nothing caught him, but it was like off to the side, and he was. <laughs> It scared, Ooh, yeah. it scared the bejeebers out of us. <laughs> I bet it did. I mean, I was. I mean, it was a couple months. I was cleaning. I had to keep cleaning. I'm spining glass still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been freezing chicken broth and stuff that moms had making, and I froze my rhubarb juice. Mm-hmm. And we do that every year, but for some reason mm-hmm. this year the bottles are breaking. Oh, and mom said, you know the. It's cracked and it's, you know, it's this really super, I, I'm not throwing it out. So what, you know, do you think we could get away with straining it through cheesecloth and a jelly bag to get the glass out? I don't think the glass that could get through there will actually kill us. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this will be fun. So if I die unexpectedly, it's probably glass in my stomach, just so you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, some of our... Yeah. Yeah, some of our mason jars that we use for yogurt cracked mm-hmm. just out of the blue. We're like, oh, well, I'm glad I didn't try and pick that up. Yeah, it's really weird. All of a sudden, it's they're breaking left and right this year. Yeah. So, okay, we are totally on tangents tonight. We need to get going or we will never get through this. We're way on course. Talk so about they managed football. to make coffee and um, coffee. terrible uh, paste oatmeal. And then they're getting looking at the paper and Alf has to explain what the Red Sox are and what's the difference between football and football. And uh, <laughs> we need Kelly for this episode. Oh wait, we have Trisha. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> From what I can understand, the Red Sox in this area are nearly akin to a religion. <laughs> yeah. <It's> weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the doorbell rings. Ding of course. Dong. And I can't fathom why George freaks out because number twelve had a doorbell. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't know what to do. You know, mm-hmm. ah, what he's in some place he's never been. And this is true. And number twelve probably had like an old style doorbell with an actual bell, whereas this is a buzzing sound. So it's oh, right, duh. Yeah. yeah, I love that they have silk flowers next to the door, and if they're 
if they sense ill will, they turn from blue to red. <laughs> so, huh. Wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. These are blue. Mine so came he, up with it. Of course she did. These are blue, so he's, like, confident that the, there's no real danger. And he opens the door and he hears, welcome, neighbor. Oh, my goodness. It's and, the blonde version of Vernon. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to tell. Yeah, but Joe Malley, and he lived next door, and he just wanted to stop in and meet you. And George is like, uh, thanks. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we find out that Butch has a son named Michael, and that Butch is also the uh, soccer coach. Yes. And since you guys are from England, right, you should know how to play? Um, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, Alf actually does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... At one point, you know, and he, and he, this Mr. O'Malley guy, he's this big, jovial, trying too hard kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Alf answers for George. And Michael steps back like he's waiting for George to smack him. And Mr. O'Malley looks at him like, you know, you piece of dirt. How could you mm-hmm. talk back to your father? And after he leaves... Alf is like, did I say something rude? And, and George is like, I don't know. Did you? <laughs> I don't think so. But he sure looked at me like there was something bad going on. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Foot in and, mouth uh, disease, this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. George turns to show him his missing ear to scare him away. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. He's like, because he wants him to kind of help out on the team. And, and George knows nothing about soccer. So he's trying really hard to get out of it and that's when Alf says something that makes Mr. O'Malley upset mm-hmm. yeah I guess but Alf decides to maybe go play goalie for him anyway mm-hmm. no, even I mean, though they don't really like him yeah Just keep your distance that's what I say go play see what it's like don't like it don't work mm-hmm. yeah and that's pretty much what George says too you can try it if you like it that's cool and if you don't then no skin but you know it mm-hmm. works and he gives him a pair of galleons that, um, well, he, ch- he chains one up and uh, says, if you are in danger, this will warn me. Mm-hmm. It's we'll tell, like the we'll tell him the necklace belonged to your mother. Yep. No, shut them up. Trouble has just arrived in the form of there. a cat. Oh, I'm not there. So George was going to go with him to the first practice, but then he realized that he was supposed to meet the Minister of Magic. Uh, to sign some fa- paperwork, so he lets Alf go kind of alone, and he feels kind of guilty about it. But the Minister of Magic is like, don't worry, I told you we'd be watching. Uh-huh. He, both of you are safe anywhere in Salem. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then he wants to know if George knows how to drive. <laughs> Harry and George have gotten driver's licenses on a fluke. I think that's funny. Mm-hmm. Ron <laughs> failed abysmally. Of course but- he did. Yeah, but he took it again and um, kind of yeah, confunded the confunded, confunded the tester. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then Alf comes home and he looks kind of dejected and sad. And George is like, "It went that bad." And he said, "Well, it went well. I did everything I was supposed to, but it wasn't fun like it was at home. They take it so much more seriously here." <laughs> And George is like, well, you don't have to play. And he's like, but I want to. It's just different. And I think I like Mr. O'Malley very much. Mm-hmm. We skipped the part where George has been watching Rachel Ray. I think that is hysterical. Mm-hmm. Me too. 
I don't remember that. She's really good at potions. Mm-hmm. And but what is what is really funny is that George decided he should speed up the process of his right. cooking. Yeah. Well, because it's supposed to be for 300 degrees for two hours or whatever. He thought it would be 600 degrees, degrees for, one for one hour. No. Your oven can go that high? Sure it can. Yeah, it can. So, I don't think mine, I'll have to go look at mine. Most of them only go to like 450. Some can go higher. And if you're, yeah. So they end up having Chinese instead because... <laughs> He's totally charred the chicken and garlic that he was trying to make. Yeah. Alf says it smelled good before it charred, though. So, mm-hmm. you know, try, try it again, again sometime. Yeah. He, it's a phone call. Uh-huh. And it's Mr. O'Malley. Oh, good. What does yeah. Mr. He's, and he's screaming, you got a great coach. I'm thinking every, every time... When I when I see this, I think of Ron screaming at. I know, me too. <laughs> and, and, and um, Dursley has the phone out. Like, Dursley, looking at it. It's not Dursley, Dursley. <laughs> O'Malley. Yeah, but no, but I, that's what I, it is. I, from oh, the but scene Dursley. With Ron. Okay, yeah, yeah, we're going with Ron, yeah. right? I yeah. want to talk to Harry Potter. <laughs> Who is this? Never call me again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. He yeah. wants. Yeah. Oh, O'Malley wants Elf as, as the goalie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll start him right away. Mm-hmm. He's going to whip the rest of them into shape because they're a bunch of sissy boys. And, uh, okay. yeah, George is not impressed. Mm-mm. But practice is Saturday afternoon, and you got to come and sign a release for the boy. We're going to win the States this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, George is like, what an idiot. And I was like, yeah, first class dad. <laughs> Are you sure you want to play with him? Yeah, I want to play. And I, and I like the, you know, I, I like the boys. So, yeah. All right. If you want out at any time, you just remember you can. And then they sit down because Hermione has sent them a bunch of videos. And so they're going to watch the, has. the Boston Red Sox World Series highlight reel so that they can actually talk about the Boston Red Sox in a, you know, semi-intelligent manner. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Tonight we learn about the curse of the Bambi, the evil empire, and the stolen base that changed the world. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't either. Something to do with the Red Sox, apparently. Trisha, care to enlighten us? No, I don't know anything about the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, we need. Well, I would I say I think I know Ryan. what the curse thing is. It's they've the last time that they won the World Series was however long ago, and they think they've been cursed since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was somebody else. I don't know. I don't know. Pirates um, for for twenty years. So, and we also hear the the rumor via uh, Mike O'Malley oh. that the next door neighbor is a lesbian, mm-hmm. but Elf is pretty much figured out that it's because Butch tried to pick her up once and she didn't go for it. So he's decided she must be a lesbian. Cause, right. Of course. And, <laughs> and I love that kind of manly kind of man. Mm. I love George. Cause George is like, he, he wanted to pick her up, lift her right up off the ground. <laughs> you know, dad Jader. Oh, okay. And yeah, and he's such a blowhard that, you know, any sane woman would stay far, far away from him. But 
he doesn't see it that way. So there must be something wrong with her if she's not falling for his manly charms. Oh, God, he sounds yes. like Vernon. Mm-hmm. More and more. He's the blonde version of Vernon, except yeah. that he actually likes to do active things. <laughs> yeah. Is there a British equivalent of picking someone up? I have no idea. Hmm. I don't know. I think probably that phrase would be used as well, but there might be another one. We'll Which then reminds me. People who are actually in that area. One of my favorite professors in college was telling us about, well, she was telling us several stories, but one of the stories he was telling us was we have orientation before classes start, and then we've actually got pre-orientation because orientation is now mandatory or something like that. But anyway, so he was doing a little meet and greet, and he was like, yeah, and I picked up some students, and we're all looking at him like, but but you're married with kids. And he pauses for a minute and he goes, I didn't mean it like that. I just meant that I acquired some students who later took my classes. And we're like, oh, okay. That's <laughs> one of down. the original meanings of the phrase. Hold on, yep. hold on a second. I'll be right back. Okay. I originally thought you were. he was going to say he'd given them a ride somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he may have done that. Well, yeah. He actually did that with us, too, because he, he brought us over to his house once. So, yes, he, he literally did that with us as well later. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's cool. So, hey, we've been podcasting for 30 minutes, and we made it through one chapter. Yay. <laughs> We're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So, Alf has left the next day because Michael Malley has come over to see if he wants to go kick the ball around. And George has shoot him off so he can watch some more television, I think. Oh, my goodness. He's trying to write, but he has no clue what to write about. He's a little bit afraid of the computer. Actually, he's a lot afraid of the computer. (laughs) He's reminding me of Remus in Shifts. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I was Uh, just listening to those earlier this week. He's decided that he's going to go out and put around the, the garden. And while he's out there, he hears this voice. Rufus, stop that. My first thought was Scrimgeour. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) You dumb dog. They don't want to play with you. And here's this great big mutt that's out with the lady next door. And he's chasing squirrels up the tree and stuff like that. And, of course, then we hear Mr. O'Malley. Get that damn animal out of my yard, you miserable bitch. And George stands up and looks over the fence to see what's going on. And, of course, O'Malley sees George and kind of paints him with this bad, evil paintbrush because it makes her think that he's on O'Malley's side. And George is like, no, no, nothing could be further than the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's because O'Malley's just, you know, jeering at her. Mm -hmm. And uh, she says something about he's probably last exercised in 1989, which is fun. Mm Mm-hmm. And he says the pound should have put the dog down and stuff like that. And Yeah. And he's got his gut sucked in. He's trying to look impressive, which doesn't work at all. Uh, and then Rufus actually sees George first and bounds over and jumps up to say hi. And George gives him a scratch and he says, ah, and, and uh, O'Malley says, hey, Weatherby, I see you chose better of the two options with the dog. Don't bother with the woman. She's frigid. Fabry, meet my friend Weatherby. His son is my new star player. It's yeah. like, no, no, no. So he's kind of cut off from her for a bit. But mm-hmm. uh, they'll work it out eventually. Yeah. And she calls him Carrie. He's like, head. oh, great. Now I have one neighbor I can't stand and one who can't stand me. me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, Alf's behind him and he says, well, that went well. And George turns around and he's just filthy. Alf is just filthy. So and he says, what's for dinner or what's for lunch? And George says water and turns the hose on him. Yeah. And it starts a free for all. And they're laughing and giggling. And, and Alf actually gets the hose away from George, which I think is great, and sprays him back. And the whole time, Miss Fabry's watching them. Mm-hmm. And so she's she's heard of, from O'Malley what kind of a man he is, but she's also seeing for herself what kind of a man he is. But the minute she sees that he sees her, she goes inside. <laughs> of course. That was hard to say. <laughs> she sells seashells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see sure. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. try. And he's finally, he's been telling Elf that, you know, he has no idea what to write about. And Elf says, why don't you write some of those Harry Potter stories? Of course. <laughs> that he always wanted his mom to write. Mm-hmm. He says, oh, but I'm supposed to be writing fiction. Yeah, muggles would think that is fiction. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, these stories are real. J.K.R. is a man? No, I'm pretty sure Joe Rowling is not George Weasley. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, too. Too bad. But I'm sure that somewhere out there, there's a magical world, and they're laughing their heads off at us because we believe these stories to be fiction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've read that fic. I have, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think we all have at some point. Yeah, so he starts out on it, and eventually he kind of finds it fun. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, well, if perhaps a pair of red-headed twins came off as slightly more gallant and heroic than had been actually the case, well, it was fiction after all. Right, yeah, there you go. So mm-hmm. he brushes up a little bit on the Red Sox, and then he heads down to the game. He meets the men down there, and he gets to watch Alf play for the first time, because he's never actually seen Alf play. And mm-hmm. Alf's pretty good. He, you know, doesn't realize how good he really is. And then, of course, Mr. O'Malley calls them all together, and he's like a drill sergeant. All right, you pathetic bunch of maggots! George is like, oh, what? I want to be upfront about what you can expect. You can expect us to win. Winning's all that matters. Believe me. Yeah. Yes. Meanwhile, George has discovered the um, art of small talk. Mm-hmm. He tried to talk about his book a little bit, and it kind of went nowhere. So he's like, um, tough game for the Sox last night. <laughs> 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 and everybody else just starts talking, and he doesn't have to worry about it. Yeah, that, that works out for him. So the boys, you know, all answer, yes, sir, except for Alf, who has no idea what to say. And they all start, and, you know, Alf's doing really well. He's catching them all and doing everything, and and he's blocking the net. And then somebody gets a goal in. Mm -hmm. And Alf says, that was a beauty shot, Nate. Or Nat. I'm not sure how you do that one, Nat. And O'Malley just goes nuts. And he grabs him, and he starts shaking him, and he's like... What kind of athlete are you complimenting your enemy? You're the most pathetic, worthless. And George is like, Oi, let go of my son, you bloated toad. <laughs> I was like, don't turn him into a toad, Dad. Don't turn him into a toad. <laughs> Whatever you do, mm-hmm. just don't turn him into a toad, Dad. Mm-hmm. And he and George says, Alf is no longer going to play football to, for you. I'm no. not going to expose him to this abuse. 
Yes. You're going to have to find yourself another goalie. Yeah. And he's like, fine, your son's a stronger man than you are, Weatherby. And Alf is like, but dad. And he's like, no, you are not playing for that man. He's not to be trusted. No. And, you know, good for George, because all the rest of the dads are sitting there going, oh, you know, it's not that bad. It's okay. He's the best. He's going to whip our kids into the best team. They'll get scholarships, but scholarships aren't worth having somebody abuse your kids. Yeah. Yeah. And kudos for George for sticking up for his son, you know. And then he ruins it by ending off with, someday you'll understand. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Alf just ran, uh, runs off and slams the door. Yeah. And so George decides he needs to have a talk with Arthur. Yeah. He talks to Arthur, and Arthur really sets him right. You know, did I do the right thing, Dad? Of course you did. Your job is to keep him safe. And if it makes him mad, that's too bad. You still have to keep him safe. And, you know, in my line of work, I see a lot of kids who rule the roost and parents who want to be friends instead of parents. And you have to be a parent first. Because if you're a parent first, then you can be the friend as well. But if you're a friend first, then you can't be a parent. Oh, exactly. That's what I... I one time, Mark, Mark looks at me and he said, I hate you. And I go, oh, that's the best compliment you can mm-hmm. give me. Yep. And I said to him, and I have even told him a couple of times, I'm like, I'm not your friend. I'm your parent. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and, you know, it's true. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen people there. Oh, my mommy's my best friend. I'm like, Mm-mm. I look at Ork like, oh, you're my friend. Mom, I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not your friend. I'm your mom. I had a parent who couldn't get her child dressed to come to school. She'd bring her to school in her pajamas and bring us the clothes because we could get her dressed, but she couldn't. And it was all because she didn't want the child to be mad at her. She didn't want the child not to be her friend. Oh, for crying so out loud. So she would not make the child get dressed because the child... And the child knew exactly what buttons to push. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so she came to a school Kids every day in her pajamas. And we took one look at her and handed her her clothes and said, put them on. And she put them on without any trouble for us because she knew she couldn't get away from it, you know, with it from us. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Mm-hmm. So George has made the garlic chicken again. And he was hoping that it would be kind of a peace offering with Alf. But <laughs> Alf told him he wasn't hungry. But after a little while, he came down and he said, chicken's good. And yeah. And they decide it doesn't quite have enough garlic on it. Yeah. Alf says, yeah, we'd only kill one vampire instead of two. Mm-hmm. So apparently George likes garlic. Yeah. And then he apologizes for being a prat. And George says, I'm sorry I had to pull you off the field, but you must know that his behavior is not appropriate. And he said, yeah, I know. And he kind of scares me, but I really wanted to play ball. And they'll have to figure something out. This was a important thing for Alfred because this is the first time he's been really good at something like Mm -hmm. in England, the other kids were good at it too. So, I mean, he was good, but so was everyone else. Um, here he's the absolute best. And in Diagon Alley, he couldn't do any of the things that most of the other kids could do because he didn't have magic. Right. So he felt kind of useless. And George says you were never useless. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll figure something out. And then he says, I was afraid you were going to turn him into a pig, Dad, and that would have been ugly. And he said, nah. George says, no, I think that would have made a big improvement. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
And we move on to chapter three. Hey, look, we only did that one in eight minutes. We're, we're getting better. <laughs> George heads yeah. out to, to go get the mail. And O'Malley's like, you idiot. There's no mail on Sundays in this country. And George is like, I knew that, even though he didn't. But I didn't get it yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so the American ministry is packaging our delivered information and delivering it by mail. So I, I think that's great fun. And apparently O'Malley doesn't know there's no mail on Sundays in England either. But yeah. the wizards don't care about that. Yeah. No, of course not. And there is owl post on Sundays. <laughs> there is. <laughs> and he backs up and he turns and runs smack into Mrs. Fabre. Mm-hmm. And he kind of he gets this little flirty grin on his face and he leans over and he says, I'm not in any way, shape or form trying to come on to you, nor am I involved in any sort of bet with that ignoramus blowhard across the street. But if he sees that I'm speaking to you like this and it looks like I'm flirting with you right now, he's probably going to have a coronary. And so alas, he does not. I know. And she kind of. uh thinks about it for a second and he's like you know if you think that if if you show that you think i'm funny then maybe it'll just kill him off and she starts to laugh (laughs) that would be a benefit to the neighborhood so she introduces himself and she he compliments her dog of course he's a good dog and she says is it true that you pulled your son off o'malley's soccer team and george is like wow word gets around (laughs) of course it does Mm -hmm. And uh, she says, you know, I have most of Butch's kids in my class, and they're either quivering masses of nerves or arrogant jerks. So I'm glad you did what you did, because... So she's got a class full of Nevilles and Dracos. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Oh, Apparently. Great. Yeah. One extreme to, or the other. Oh, boy. And by and she, she reaches over and grabs a pin out of his pocket and takes his hand and writes on his hand, and she says... Right now, O'Malley's having a fit because he thinks that I'm giving you my phone number. But what I'm really giving you is my friend, Jim Castelli, and, and he's an accountant. And George is like, do I need an accountant? And she says, no, nope, but he's also a soccer coach. And he's mm-hmm. really good. There's so. more than one team in this town. Mm-hmm. He's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And then she goes to leave, and then she turns around and says, oh, by the way, I wasn't acting. I did find you funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And George is happy about that, but he's really happy about the phone number, and he runs in to tell Alf about the new soccer coach. Mm-hmm. And then we move on to the meeting of that soccer coach. Yes. And he, they called him, and he seemed like a reasonable, intelligent guy, and they meet him, and that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently they... Uh, He's treating the kids well, and apparently O'Malley's been saying that Alf is a coward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bastard. That's it, too. He is a bastard. He I also. Mean, honestly, with a, I mean, you do that to a kid. Say stuff about a kid. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, any of that stuff. To treat those kids like that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Apparently, Jim reported him for striking his son, mm-hmm. and the soccer league, or. Whoever it was he was reporting to. Oh, the Youth League, yeah. You should have said, reported him start to your own, Start your own team if you don't like it. And so he did. Yeah, that's exactly what he did. And won't it burn O'Malley if they win the, the season? <laughs> but he's, you know, he's a good coach. He teaches them. He takes time to teach them moves and has them practice. 
he has Al in the net for a while. And then after Al has some practice, he pulls him out of the net and Alf goes back and he starts shooting on goal. And Castelli comes over and he says, you didn't yell. And George is like, well, why would I yell? And he said, most men whose kids are as good as yours, if their kid had been pulled out of goalie, would have had a fit. And George is like, well, that's stupid. (laughs) I love George. That's kind of stupid. Al should learn everything he can. And other people need a chance to practice, too. Yes. George is very much not a stereotypical hockey dad. No, No. he is not. (laughs) Um, or soccer dad in this case. I was going to say, yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Is he hockey? He's Canadian. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do they have yeah, hockey across the pond? That's the stereotype is the hockey dads and hockey moms, but mm-hmm. the, you know. Yeah. I'm and sure they do have hockey in England, but not to uh, the same degree. Not like so us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they, Scotland probably does because they get cold sure. enough to have ice and such there. Uh, they yeah. invented curve. Curling, but I'm pretty sure that um, Curling, but, uh, England beat us at, in hockey at the Olympics last year. Good mm-hmm. one. Well, mm-hmm. I think I'm not positive about that. <laughs> that, was Can- that was Canada. Oh. Like Canada too. Okay, well, Can- Canada usually beats us because they have good hockey there, but we have good hockey too. It's because we get to take back all the NHL players who are originally yeah, Canadian. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Michelle. Mm-hmm. No comes by and tells George he's got a nice kid and says that he's on her class list. So you're new to the country, right? Not just new in town. And George says, yeah. And she looks at him and says, how is he holding up after his mother's death? And George's like, wow, she doesn't pull punches. And he says, oh, he's got his good days and his bad days. And she basically says, I need to know. I need to know how he's doing so I know what to do with him in class and what to look for. And George appreciates that because she's looking out for Alf and anything that happens like that is good. And she shares that Jimmy is her was her fiancé's best friend. And we find out that her fiancé died. And then she's like, okay, bye. Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> and Castelli comes up and says, hey, you're a writer, right? So you have free time? Do you want to come and coach with me? And George is like, really? I don't know how to coach soccer. And he's like, oh, all I need is crowd control. And George's like, well, I could do that. So he signs up and he's going to be a, a soccer dad now. Apparently. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it makes Alf stay. I knew you'd do it. This is going to be brilliant. And it's fun. He's having a good time with it. He likes it a lot. Yeah. And the name of the team is the Salem Wizards. Which <laughs> of course it is. Just about gave George a coronary. <laughs> but and they're doing pretty uh, well. well, you know. They they were kind of a losing team last time, but they've got Alf now and so they're two and three. But of course O'Malley's team is five and zero. And Alf's doing well with his schoolwork. He George is a little surprised. He didn't expect Alf to be so good, but Alf's doing really well. But the news from the ministry at home is that they're, they know who the culprits are that attacked the shop, but they can't prove it, and it's still not safe to come home. So mm-hmm. there you go. And so he's he's feeling a little homesick still. He misses his family. He's got letters and fire chats, but it's not the same. And yeah. Rachel Ray doesn't 
you know, make up for his homesickness. It doesn't make up for mom's mom's good cooking, but he's he's kind of becoming a hand at this cooking business. Getting there. Mm-hmm. So everybody's gonna take the Mickey out on them for that one. <laughs> Learning how to cook with Rachel Ray. I know. I know. <laughs> they won't understand it all, but no. gonna take the Mickey out because he's a good cook. And this voice says, "Hey, Weatherby," and he looks up, and it's it's Mrs. Fabre, and she's looking a little down. He says, hey, are you here about my wayward offspring? And she's like, Alf, wayward? I wish I had 20 more like him in my class. Mm-hmm. She just needed to walk, and she smelled some good cooking. She did. And he says, come on and join us. I've got more than enough. <laughs> she looks at the stove, and he's got enough to feed the entire neighborhood. And she's like, you're not kidding. Uh, so like Weasley. Molly. Because he's used to cooking for Weasleys. Mm-hmm. Well, for all the Weasleys. Well, he is a he is a Weasley boy, and most likely he probably eat most of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hello, Rory and Lorelai Gilmore in male form. <laughs> she, you know, she says, I shouldn't stay. I'm the teacher and stuff. And he says, sit. Uh-huh. You can Although stay. if you stay, you'll have to call me George. And she says, all right, I'll be Michelle. And he said, all right, that works. And so he finishes off the sauce. And Alf comes in like a little tornado. You'll never believe it. I got an A on my essay. And, oh, hi, teacher. <laughs> That's always awkward. Mm-hmm. I know. First time you see one of your teachers somewhere else. Especially I know. in your own dining room, kitchen mm-hmm. area. So I don't know if you do this in the States, but in Japan, at least where, well, I'm pretty sure most other schools do this. The teacher would come round to each of the houses to talk to the parents at some point during the year. Hmm. And you'd have to go and pick them up from wherever the heck they were, you know, the person before you, and, like, walk them home and, like, you know. Weird. Talk to your parents. and Yeah. Kind of nice. Yeah, it's neat to be able to meet them and and to do it in a home setting rather than the school setting. Well, my my mom said when she first started teaching many, many moons ago, she got invited to like all her students' houses for dinner, and when my mom said when she was when she first started teaching, she was making absolutely nothing at mm-hmm. the time. She was she rented a um, a room out of a out of someone's home, and that's right. how she was living. And so the parents all invited her to dinner once a week or mm-hmm. stuff. Well, that's good because when you're a teacher and you don't have any money, that's a nice thing to have somebody that'll feed you. Here, here. Yeah, hell, I like it now. <laughs> feed me too. <laughs> yeah, it's nice every once in a while to not have to eat your own cooking. <laughs> yeah, I don't cook that well. Well, I cook okay, but. Well, Trisha. Yeah. Apparently, what you need to do is watch Rachel Ray. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> And if I only had time. Yeah, well, there's that thing. <laughs> I watch Master Chef, but it doesn't really translate much. Mm-hmm. They don't spend a lot of time explaining what they're doing, really. Mm. Some, but well, not all that much. The Trisha Yearwood one does. Except for that, it's really funny. We've always thought that you have to be fairly precise in your measurements if you're baking cooking that's different but baking you need to be fairly precise in your measurements she didn't level or measure anything precisely in any of the desserts she made the other day mom and i looked at each other and went she's not doing that very well but the food she made well of course it's trisha yearwood i mean she's not known for her 
Well, she's apparently a really good cook. It depends on how used you are to making something. Mm-hmm. Like when I make pancakes, I rarely measure as much as I used to because I've gotten used to how it's supposed to look. Right. So mm-hmm. I but might yeah. take tablespoon of something and rather than leveling it off, I'll just take two tablespoons in one scoop and put it in. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And I think that's very true. And that's a lot like the way cooking is, because cooking you just kind of go with, especially if you're doing herbs or spices or something like that, That's you, you get a feeling to, okay, yeah, that's enough, that's not enough kind of a thing. So I understand. And I'm the you know kind of cook that says more is better and let's try throwing this and this and this together. So mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I don't do that. We did that. I, the, hate, I hate cooking. Aw, that's no fun. I like to eat. I just don't like to cook. <laughs> Facebook has I like to cook when I have time, but mm-hmm. most days I don't have the, enough time yeah, to really do it justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the big thing. I miss college. <laughs> yeah. All right. So going back to this, George sends Alf up to make his bed because he hasn't done it yet. And he gives Mrs. Fabre, Miss, Ms. Fabre a glass of wine. And she says that today was a really bad day for her and she doesn't really explain but and then she kind of asks about George and getting married and having Alf and of course he tells truths that seem like they answer her questions even though they're not really the true answers and she he explains I think here uh, maybe not I was going to say he explains about Fred that Mm -hmm. he lost his brother not quite yet not quite yet. Okay. I will wait. Well, that happens eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get to talking about the dog first. Yeah. That's that's a safe subject. So who's running mm-hmm. water? I am. <laughs> well, not me. My mother's. I'm like, that is a funky sound. Okay. <laughs> yes. My parents yeah. have had their bathtub sitting on attached for like three years because they just haven't gotten around to it so my mother has to use my bathroom ah got it and i would like them to put their bath in because their bathtub is a heck of a lot deeper than mine mm-hmm. yeah i wanted a bath last night but my knees were so bad i knew if i got in the tub i would not get out oh dear i hate that yeah i was in a lot of pain yesterday i'm sorry it was like Okay, I'm just going to bed and getting flat because that will be the best medicine. <laughs> Kick the cat out and sleep. Mm-hmm. So. Oh yeah, they do. He does mention. Yeah, he, he lost his brother. brother. It's right. just they talk about their ages and such first, and then. Um, and she mentions that, besides her fiance, she also had lost her parents when she was nine. So. Yeah. So they played Monopoly for a while, and it was fun, but you could still tell there was kind of heaviness in the air. Mm-hmm. And Alf eventually explains that this is September well, 11th. Yeah, after mm. she goes home. Yeah. And George has no idea what that means. You mm-hmm. know, Didn't you know about 9-11 in the Wizarding World? And no. Are you kidding? Probably nobody even knows who the Prime Minister is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the minister. he puts it together because Alf overheard Coach talking with somebody and his best friend died there. He was a firefighter. And George says, best friend. He was my best friend's fiance. 
and today's a really bad day for me. And he puts two mm-hmm. and two together and realizes that her fiance probably died on 9-11. Yeah, because when she recommended Jim as a soccer coach, she said he was my fiance's best friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they, yeah. And so now he has a little more insight into what's going on with Michelle. He does. Yeah. And we shift to the next chapter, and it's October. So it's September September 11th, 2008? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And George is learning how to make pie crust. <laughs> yes. I always end up with too much. Even after I cut out a quarter of a cup of flour, I always end up with too much. But that's okay, because you can yeah. always make some wonderful thing with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a- yeah, I know. We always make made um, like cinnamon sugar mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, yeah. You just yep. put the little yep. extra yep. in a pan with cinnamon and sugar on it and crisp it up, and it's and really toasty. tasty. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Like elven ears. Yeah. Yep. Yummy stuff. Try it. I just had an apple turnover today. I didn't make it, though. I haven't quite figured that out yet. Uh, they're mm. fairly easy. Uh, it's like my apple pancakes. Okay. We need to stop. Okay. <laughs> We're making Trisha hungry. Oh, dear. No, no, what has been the most horrific thing that's going on? Okay, I have not been exercising like I have been because of football and cheerleading and stuff. And to make matters worse, everybody's bringing in food into my office. Mm. <laughs> oh, dear. Insult to injury, they're donuts. There's cupcakes. There's candy bars. And you know what? They're all outside my cube. Oh, that's hard to resist. Oh, and it's all—it's always outside my cube. So I smell it. And I'm just, I, I am really sick of it. It's been happening for the last, and I don't know. It's just going to get worse. Two months. Yeah, and yeah. It's going to only get worse because we're going to be getting thank you gifts from our dealers and other contractors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just... I'm just looking at people, and I go, "Will you please just? Why don't? What's wrong with fruit? I want some fruit. Mm-hmm. Carrots. Carrots would be nice. Or peppers. Anything. But no, it's donuts mm-hmm. and it's candy bars. Trisha, send me your your mailing address, and I'll send you some kiwi. That would be okay. <laughs> can you send me kiwi? I can. Yay! How well do they ship? I don't know. <laughs> Well, they're hard as rocks right now, so they they oh. they ship just fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you sent them here, they'd get frozen on the way. Yeah, that's a, that's a little bit of. No, a no, we're gonna get we're gonna be getting cold here too soon. It's nice and t- tomorrow is supposed to be seventy degrees. <laughs> I hate you. We had our first snow this morning. It's oh, but be- we're supposed to be we're supposed to be like forty to, um, the next day. Yeah, it's uh, supposed to be thirty six tomorrow for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Here's our snow, and it ain't going anywhere. Nope. Yeah. This is this is prime time where everybody gets sick. I missed this chapter in my reread today. You did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it didn't copy and paste right because mm-hmm. I I reread it not too long ago, but I didn't hear anything about this chapter. I I don't remember the conversation about the allowance or any of that stuff. So it it must not have got put on my text reader. Yesterday when I was putting things together. So we have October. It's pretty. George is making apple pies. And Miss Fabre is dropping by at least once a week. (laughs) And so he's doing stuff. And then Alf asks if he can have an allowance. And George is like, why? I can just buy you stuff. Yeah, I'll buy you whatever you want. And Alf's like, it's not the same. And... 
Miss Fabry kind of talks to him and tells him that it's kind of a rite of passage and that it's something that is done quite often, you know. And my thought is probably Alf wants to buy George a present. And so he needs an allowance. <laughs> using using his own money to buy. <laughs> yeah. Using George to buy him a present. No, I know, I know. So, mm-hmm. you know. And, yeah. and he, George is thinking, well, I am his father. I should be able to take care of everything he needs. I want to take care of him. Mm-hmm. And oh, George. Michelle says, well, yes, but they want to be independent too. Right. And, so he says, you know, what would be the usual amount? And he's, Jimmy gives Tony $10 a week for his chores. So that's not too no, bad. Oh, I want 10 bucks a week for that's, chores. That's pretty damn good for that 10, a 10 year old. Mm hmm. Dollar a day. Depends on what they do. So, and, uh, should we find out George is addicted to coffee? <laughs> Mm-hmm. He, he drank nothing but tea until he was 18, but then he found out about coffee. And coffee is a blessing, and now it's a desire. Oh, yeah. coffee. That's because he and Fred were trying to stay up till 3 in the morning inventing things. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. yeah. So apparently Molly didn't drink coffee. No. Yeah. They're talking about your twin brother that died. Yep. Oh, Alfred. I get it. <laughs> He's thinking, no, you probably don't get it all the way, but... It works. Mm-hmm. He talks about how you know things changed after Fred died, and um, yeah, and he was kind of running away from it. Mm-hmm. But and she's you know thinking that he is still grieving about his wife who died, and he's thinking to himself, "I don't have a wife. I've never had a wife, living or dead. I'm not a don't go." And <laughs> I'm not mourning. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he walks her to the door and thanks her for the advice on the allowance, and then goes up and tells Alf that he'll pay him ten dollars a week. So mm-hmm. I'm still waiting and for Alf someone says, to pay you me like this weekend, her, don't you? <laughs> You're still waiting for someone to pay you for what? I want someone to pay me for doing the laundry and stuff too. I know well, that'd be nice. Make yourself a little fund, and every time give yourself ten dollars a week for doing the laundry and everything. No, and I want someone to pay me. And then at the, yeah. you know, at the after a couple of months, you'll have money in the fund, and you can go take yourself out and do something fun. You know, we could stimulate the economy if we valued stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. The only way you're going to get someone to pay you for doing it is if you went and did someone else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's not what I mean. And that's I suppose fun. you could trade. It's like, I'll pay you to do my laundry. I'll go and do your laundry. <laughs> well, that's pretty much what I do. I go to, I go over to my boyfriend's place and I do all my laundry. I do all my laundry there because then because I don't have to pay for it. Right. Putting the damn <laughs> coins in the thing. And so in the process, I do his too. <laughs> See? It works. Yeah, because there's a couple of times where I'm like, I don't have enough whites to put in here. You got any? So he just brings it down and I just, I spent a whole day doing laundry. Yeah, well, that's a nice thing. That's good for everybody. So. Yeah, I don't have, to, yeah, don't have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And he gets clean laundry out of the deal. So it works for oh, yeah. all the way around. I'm mm-hmm. liking this deal. So. Good smelling clothes. I just got totally excited this chapter with the mention of UMass, so. Okay. I don't know where that is. Is that where you're thinking of going? Uh, I forget. Somebody other went to UMass. No, that that will, well, depending on which campus of UMass, that will hopefully be my alma mater this time next year. 
cool. Well, well, I'll be there this time next year. If, yeah, if you have to things. be there for a few more years before. So well. you'll be there yeah. about the time the podcast comes out. Yeah, <laughs> by the time the podcast comes out, I may be halfway across the country. Okay, that works. Cool. Hi, future Mooney. <laughs> we hope you're Salem, actually. We, we hope you are enjoying UMass. Congratulations, Mooney. You did make it into UMass, even if it's not a year later. Uh, so George starts, George and Alf are talking, and Alf says how much he misses his mom. Mm-hmm. And he really wishes that he could still be in touch with his sister. He doesn't care much about his brother, but he'd like to be in touch with his sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And George says, well, we could if we were still in England, but not from here. Mm-hmm. Although I suppose you could write letters. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'd get to him. Yeah, maybe not. But, I mean, they're a muggle family. You'd think he'd be able to write muggle letters to them. No, I mean, I don't think his stepfather would... No, I think he would. He, I think he he would give him to live because he he tried to be a good guy. He was just insane with jealousy and mm-hmm. stuff like yeah. that. So he would be all right. So they get to talking about the allowance and are you plotting something? Maybe <laughs> is it illegal? No, immoral. Immoral. Definitely not. <laughs> is it going to get you kicked out of school? Never. No. All right, then I won't ask. Mm-hmm. You promise me that if you ever really need help, you will ask me, okay? Or you will always come for me. And yeah. he's like, yeah, if I would, I'm going to let myself get beat up first. Because mm-hmm. George doesn't want him, you know, saving money to pay for some bully to take his lunch money or whatever. Mm-hmm. But no. <laughs> All right. Good night. He's saving for something else when we'll mm-hmm. find out later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we go to Halloween. It was on a Friday that year. Mm-hmm. And Alf, it was on a Friday this year, too, and nobody showed up. Nope. No one shows up but mine. Nobody ever shows up here. There were a few kids here. I think most of them came before I got home because I ended up staying at work till 7 that night. Mm. Uh, well, that was an early night for trick-or-treaters. Oh, hello, Look, princess. Dark early. Oh, here comes a kitty. Yeah, she's beating up the chair. Well... <laughs> So, uh, Alex, no, Alex, that's my cat. Alf is going, <laughs> I think it's bedtime. Wow. Alf is going to spend the night at Jimmy's and with Tony and George and Jim, Jimmy actually go out drinking for Halloween, which is kind of fun. Well, they have to go have a pint. Yes. Well, it's mm-hmm. Salem. I mean, it's probably a big party night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like Hocus Pocus. Yeah, yeah. All Hallow's Eve has become a night of frolic. Oh. Where children wear costumes and run a muck. Oh, a muck! A muck, a muck, a muck, a muck, a muck. Oh, really, just one child. Oh, that was a fun a muck, movie. A muck, a muck, a muck. I still haven't seen that. I need to watch it sometime. Oh, my God. Oh, should. I watched it, it for the ABC first time when like I was yeah, 11. Yeah, but I don't get that. It's Bette Midler. Anything with Bette in it's wonderful. I know. <laughs> That was when I learned that a man could be a virgin, too. Okay. <laughs> well, I'd only ever heard the word virgin with the Virgin Mary, so I had no concept that it was a gender-neutral idea until I watched mm-hmm. that movie and went, oh, okay. Some people probably learned it from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Poor Xander. <laughs> 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 oh, well. So, 
So they're talking over their pint, I guess, or whatever. And uh, Jimmy is telling him he's a really good coach. He must have done some sports things. And George says, oh, well, my brother and I made stuff up. Because yeah. <laughs> he can't exactly talk about Quidditch. Nope. Um, I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Mm-hmm. And the opposing team's coach comes up to them. And he's he's a big guy. He looks like Santa Claus. And he's like, that goalie's your son, isn't he? And George is like, yeah, hell of a player you got there. I tip my hat to you. you got a bright future ahead of him. Did I hear you pulled him off of O'Malley's team? George is like, I can't believe how fast things go around. Well, good for you. You know, I hope we meet in the finals. And, and, and the coach turns to Jimmy and he says, you know, you're doing a good job, too. You keep it up. And Jimmy's pretty, like, stunned because he's not really a coach himself. He's just doing his best. And he never expects his team to really win. He's just there to have fun. And he's there to have fun with the kids and keep them away from O'Malley because mm-hmm. O'Malley's a jerk. And they get tackled by Alf and Tony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all of that was at the game. And then. Yeah. So it's now they, they go out, out for a drink the- afterwards. They're having Sam Adams, apparently, which I don't know what that is, but oh well. It's a beer. It's a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Dad likes him. That's the one thing I don't... I I don't like Sam Adams. I'm weird. Okay. Everybody loves it. I don't know. I like my yingling. How many bottles in a pitcher? Like, two or three? Um, there's probably four cups in a pitcher. Maybe four. A regular beer glass is about 16 ounces, and so... That's usually, I think that's pretty much what a bottle is. It's about 16 ounces. Mm-hmm. Well, here, I'll tell you. I got ounce. one right here. Oh. Um, <laughs> this is 11.2 fluid ounces. Okay. And that's about the size of a beer bottle. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a, about five. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Many. Yeah. Five, <laughs> of <most> bo- <laughs> five of most bottles are three pints. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I did too. Google is our friend. And the answer is apparently on the bodybuilding.com forums. Okay, right. Also Yahoo answers. But uh, They're out in the bar, they're drinking, and Jimmy calls his wife and says, Hey, are they on drinking round two now, or did I miss something? Uh, no, we started them at the bar, but they were really still at the game. Now now they're actually at the bar. We, we were a little confused. And Jimmy's wife says she can stay out. He can stay out as long as he wants, and then she'll come and drive him home. So they're going to get snookered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And George says he couldn't conceive of driving right now. No. And he left his car at the game field anyway. Which is probably <laughs> a good thing. And uh, Jimmy's like, so, I understand Michelle's popping over your place quite a bit. And George's uh, like, yeah, twice a week. I cook a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have somebody come over and eat it. And he says, uh, you know, you do, you know, George wants to ask about the fiancé, but he doesn't quite know how to ask. And he says, it's not anything but friendship. We have a lot in common. And he says, um, I know you just lost your wife, and it's been a little longer for her, but just be careful. I don't want you guys to hurt each other. And George says, 9-11, right? And Jimmy's startled because she never talks, she never about, talks it. about it. But yeah. George figured George it out. And George says, no, I just put it together. And so he says, yeah, don't ask her about that. Mm-hmm. She seems to think she could have saved him. Yeah. 
from somehow. Poor Michelle. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So they're get, they're definitely feeling their pints by now, and Jimmy says, "No, I wouldn't even want to drive tonight." And George says, "Yeah, not even on a broom." And then he's like, "Oh dear." <laughs> but fortunately, it's Halloween, and Jimmy thinks he's joking. So <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> You're a funny guy. And George is like, "Okay, I've had enough to drink. <clears throat> I better stop." Yep. And November. We're moving on to November. Yay. Remember, First ever remember American the Thanksgiving. November. Mm-hmm. Oh, so my aunt's oh, in Tasmania. It. Yes, you have an aunt oh, yeah? in Tasmania. She, she's visiting a friend in Tasmania. And apparently the friend in Tasmania has somehow finagled her into cooking a traditional American Thanksgiving for like all of her, this, this friend of my aunt's. So she's going to cook for like 10 people. Cool. Well, that'll be fun. Taz, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they. I don't know how she's going to get all the stuff, or a lot of it will probably have to sort of be improvising. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Cranberry yeah. sauce. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing the annual. Where are we going to have Thanksgiving, and who's going to cook it? Argument. Yeah, I just did that. I called my stepmom and said, "What are you guys doing for Thanksgiving?" And she said, "We're going to your aunt's." I said, "All right, let me talk to my mom and see what she wants to do." And, you know, and they all invite mom that she could come with us, but she doesn't like to be. They don't invite you? No, no, we're invited. Oh. And because we're invited, then my mom's invited, so she doesn't have to be alone on Thanksgiving. But mom Uh. doesn't like big crowds of people. She would rather just be home on Thanksgiving alone. She's like, yeah, just go, and then I won't have to cook. And I said, then you'll be sad because you won't have turkey. So. Yeah, it's the annual. my mother doesn't particularly like turkey, so then every year she tries to petition for like ham or something. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the family's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, not happening. Turkey, we're we're having turkey and ham at my aunt's mm-hmm. house. Apparently, oh, we had venison it one even year. Weirder oh my, for, me, for you guys, because then if 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 you guys have turkey at Thanksgiving and Christmas, you're only like a month apart. Mm-hmm. No, no, th- Thanksgiving is one. just turkey. <laughs> No, Thanksgiving is turkey and Christmas is Swedish sausage. Uh, I was thinking you were going to say turkey. Christmas is ham. No. One of these days my mother will put her foot down. We have ham on Christmas and then we do do the pork and sour crowd on New Year's. No. That we don't do. Yeah. You eat pork and sauerkraut on New Year's. Mom's, Mom's still got a couple of jars of sauerkraut floating around here. She's been... Making, she's actually making turnip sauerkraut right now. Hmm, that's new. Because we had a whole bunch of turnips, so. And I'm making, I'm making a winter tonic. It has ginger, horseradish. Oh my! Vinegar. Oh my! Rosemary, and then a bunch. Of, oh, a couple of hot peppers in it. Oh. That's gonna clear you out. Yeah, you're supposed to take you're supposed to take a tablespoon a day, and you won't get sick. And if you do get sick, you take three tablespoons, and you don't stay oh. sick very long. God, huh. it will clean you out both ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a little what I'm afraid of, but it still has another couple of weeks to cure before I can try it. I'm not very good at taking things though, so we'll see what happens. So they're in the yard and they're raking leaves. We just finished raking our entire, we, we have to do it in shifts because we've got so many leaves plus the neighbor's leaves all come because the wind blows in just the right direction and our stupid next door neighbor has a cottonwood tree and it's a male cottonwood and it just 
I want to go over and chop it down, but I can't do that. Plus, they build a fence, so all of their willow leaves get stuck under the fence. Mm-hmm. And we have to, like... <laughs> <laughs> well, George... Okay. I am going to move someplace where there are no trees in my yard. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah, sad. Or maybe pine trees. I can handle pine trees. <laughs> yeah, I just have to I, move north. There you go. Come see me. Are you more north than I am? I don't know. We have pine trees. <laughs> I have pine trees, too. I also have empress trees, and the empress leaves are For those. like a foot wide and a foot and a half long. Oh, my. Wow. Yeah, they're big leaves. They're cool. Giant. You could, like, sleep under them. All right. I want to go to bed soon. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> Alf We're comes, almost done. We're almost done. Alf comes home. And he's he's a little down, and he tells them that he's worried about Mike O'Malley. Poor Mike. And Michelle says that she's always been worried about him, and she really wishes that O'Malley would hit him. And they look at her like, what? And she says, well, basically, I'm a mandatory reporter, and if he hits him, I can prove that he's doing something. But he just verbally abuses him, and I can't prove it. So there's nothing I can really do. But... Mm-hmm. You need mm-hmm. to, you know, keep an eye on him and be a friend to him and let us know if anything, if you know of anything else that happens. And George wants to know about his mom. And it basically, mom just left him. And I think that she was being verbally and probably physically abused as well. And she got out and she tried to get him out. But because Mr. O'Malley's a lawyer, he pulled some strength. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, didn't able to do it, so. Poor kid. And they were just kicking the ball around, and Mike and some of the other guys from the Stingers were there, and they were laughing, and his dad came and grabbed him and grounded him and berated him in front of everybody for 10 minutes, and just, you know, is awful. Just for playing soccer while he's not, you know, doing a tournament thing. Yeah. Yeah. And... So Rufus, realizing that everybody is down in the dumps, decides to run <laughs> through the leaves world. and destroy the pow- piles that they've made. And so they all just go in and have hot chocolate instead. <laughs> there was a squirrel. It was important. Squirrels squirrel. are important. Squirrel. squirrel. <laughs> this reminds yeah. me of the dead body down below. And what? The squirrel. Huh? All that's left is oh, like the oh, liver oh. and the tail. Oh. The do- the cats ate everything else. But there's a tail in the basement underneath me. I thought you meant that you had a dead body in your basement. I was like, um... No. That's the new podcast I'm listening to. Oh, okay. So, Charlie's coming for Thanksgiving, which makes... Charlie! ...them very happy. It's because- Joel! Mm, probably not towel? Thanksgiving. Yeah, probably not. Be a little cold for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably not even shorts. Darn. Aw. <laughs> But before they do that, we've got the big game. And everybody's, you know, all nervous except for Alf. Alf's just like, hey, you know, he's got a good record. He's only allowed six goals over 18 games. And he's, you know, he's pretty confident. And, of course, O'Malley's being his normal jerky self. Mm -hmm. He'll go fall off a cliff. Yeah, pretty much. And they... Start the game, and it's a really close game. It's no shots on goals. They're they're keeping it down, and 
Mike comes flying down and he breaks away and he's going to take the shot. And Alf just barely blocks it. And in the process, he smashes his head into the goalpost and just collapses. And, and we don't think of putting these kids in helmets. No, nope, soccer kids nope. don't wear helmets. They wear shin guards, but they don't wear helmets. I mean, and George just about throws up. Mm-hmm. Truth be said, I mean, that is, that's a freak accident. Yeah, pretty much. And so, you know, he runs out and he's trying to get to him. And people are like, don't touch him. We've got to put a neck brace on and everything. And they're trying to take care of him. And, of course, O'Malley's in the background going, what do you mean you're stopping the game? Blah, 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 blah. Because he's such a blowhard idiot. Mm-hmm. And, and Charlie's going to operate back to England to get Fleur. Because mm-hmm. George doesn't have any contacts here. They always come to him. Right. So. Salem General, Salem General, okay, I'll go. And he wants to ride in the ambulance, but they won't let him, so somebody... Why not? I know, I don't understand that I thought that makes sense, no, because usually they, I mean... The kids they, they, they let the parent go, don't they? Mm-hmm, usually. They're, they're supposed to. Yeah. Legally, they're supposed to let the parent go with them. Even if it's in the front seat. Because yeah. he could ride in the front seat with the driver and not be in anybody's way. Yeah, because he's on he's under eighteen, so they're they're supposed to let the parents go with them. Mm-hmm. If the parents there, they're supposed to let them go. Right. Anyhow, so they're at the hospital. They've got him. They've taken you know all kinds of pictures. They're saying that he's got a massive concussion. He's got spinal injuries, mm. and George is just going nuts. Where's Charlie? They're giving Alf drugs, and he's just, he's beside himself. And Jimmy comes in and and says, how is he? And, you know, not good. And he says, I brought the game ball for him. They all voted for him. And let him know when he wakes up that, you know, we won. Little Billy Garcia won, won the game on on a penalty kick in overtime. And George is like, he'll be happy to see it when he wakes up. And Jimmy just loses it and runs out of the room. And Michelle comes and rubs his back and says, it'll be okay. It will. I promise. And then George falls asleep. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's having not very pleasant dreams of Fred coming to take Alpha away. And he's like, no, no, don't do it. And he mm. wakes up crying. But... Charlie's there. He says, it's okay. Just hold on. It's okay. And, and Alf's awake. Yeah. He Dad, says, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, poor Alf. I'm so sorry, Dad. I didn't mean to set the fireworks off again because <laughs> when he hit his head, it was like fireworks going off. And, poor kid. Yeah. He's like, what? And then he's like, oh, did we win? Yeah, yeah, we did. And the doctors are like, wait, this makes no sense. Look at his MRIs. He's got a spinal column fracture and severe swelling, and he can't be awake, and he can't be moving, and all of that. And so they can fund the doctor and the nurse and change the the x-rays and the films. And Fleur That's says... That's some pretty impressive magic. Yeah. Fleur says that she can tell that magic's been done on him, but she and didn't do it. it was really good. Yeah. And George thinks well, dun, dun, dun. George basically thinks it's the the ministry that's done it. Yeah, the ones who's been watching them. Mm-hmm. At this point, I had my doubts on this, but I will keep that under my hat till the next. Me too. One. Me too. But yeah. Secret. 
But if it was the ministry, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have needed to put him to sleep. Mm, that's true. Or maybe it was like Skeletor. It's easier to put him to sleep so you feel it. Can't yeah. No, I mean, I mean George. Yeah, because whoever healed Alf put George to sleep. Oh, well, maybe it was gruesome, and they didn't want to freak him out. Mm-hmm. Point. So they have Hall- they have Halloween. They have Thanksgiving on Saturday instead of Thursday, and they've got Alf home, and he's in bed, and you know, poor Alf, he's bedridden and sick to his stomach and yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so they michelle lets rufus out and goes out in the yard to play with him and charlie's like i could do all these dishes with a wave of my wand and george says yeah but what do we tell her when she comes back in and they've all been quote magically clean (laughs) (laughs) and so charlie sends him out to hang out with michelle and then he finishes up the dishes on his own but before they do that they talk about you know i'd love to see an encounter between crookshanks and rufus <laughs> mm-hmm. and would be cowering under the table in about 30 seconds yeah he totally would <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. he so would. charlie shoes him outside to play with them and he'll finish them up and then he takes broth up to alf who's listless up in there and Charlie says, I know you feel bad and your stomach's not very happy, but I bet you like some of this broth, but I'm going to have to feed you. He's like, I don't know about this, but Charlie's actually pretty good at feeding people. So, and he's pretty nonchalant about it. And he just kind of talks to him while he's doing it. So Alf doesn't feel too weird about it. And he wants to know about the fireworks accident. And Alf's a little afraid to tell him, but he tells him and Charlie just thinks that's the best joke ever. But he says, that's something your dad would have done when he was a kid. I'm sure he didn't see it that way. And Alf stares at him for a minute, and Charlie kind of blushes, and Charlie's mixed up Fred and George. Mm-hmm. You know, I met George, and he's like your dad. And he says, that's okay. You yeah, know? I think of him that way myself. Mm-hmm. So, yep. And, and Charlie's okay with it. Yeah, Charlie's great with him calling him. The rest of the family might not be, but Charlie's cool with it. Don't bugger the rest of the family. Yep, that's pretty exactly. much it. Exactly. <laughs> and George goes out and plays a little tennis with the slobbery tennis ball with the big old dog and gives his jacket to Michelle. Aww. Aww. So high school. I know. And they have a hug. They have a hug. It's very cute. You know Always right with the no, world. It's not high school. That's just sweet and romantic. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking more of the Letterman's jacket thing. Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> I don't think it's that kind of jacket. No, I know, I know. No. It has patches under. It has patches on the elbow. <laughs> I bet it doesn't. I bet he found something better in his couple of months that he's been in America. I hope so. He's probably found himself a nice leather jacket. So yeah, you never know. We're on to December. I need to go find mine. I forgot what I did with it. December part one. December apparently has more things happening. Apparently. Yes. It's December 6th. It's chapter 6, December. (laughs) (laughs) Al's healing fairly well, remarkably well. And George wishes the Muggle authorities would stop by so he could thank them. But nobody ever has. (laughs) And he's out in the cold air and he's remembering throwing snowballs at Professor Quill and getting in trouble by McGonagall and then getting nailed by McGonagall with snowballs too. 
<laughs> and, <laughs> Which is fun. Mm-hmm. Then Rufus comes over, and so does Michelle. And he's saying how much Fred loved the snow. Mm-hmm. And she wants to know how he's really doing. How Al's And I doing. thought for a second in here he'd have the realization about um, what exactly bouncing snowballs off the back of Quirrell's head would mean. But mm-hmm. I don't know if they know that. <laughs> yeah. I think they figured it out by now. Mm-hmm. Blimey, we were throwing I- snowballs at Voldemort! Wah! <laughs> no, because they think that was a great joke. They would have just... <laughs> They'd have a great time with it, yeah. Tickled pink if they'd have known that. Oh, you oh, know Perry poo. would have described it to them or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know poo. You know poo. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, my. But eventually, George decides he's, there's something he has to say. Mm-hmm. And he explains that Alf's mother was not his wife. She was his brother's wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> He loved her once, but he'd never, you know, been in love with her. And and that, and Michelle actually relaxes and she says, thank you. I've been wondering because you're so close to Alf and you're still grieving for your brother, but you never seem to be grieving for your wife. And that kind of scared me off of you, basically. And she apparently brought him up to one of her friends and her friends wondered out loud if maybe he had offed his wife. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, but that makes him feel good because she's talking about him to other people. Mm-hmm. And she decides she needs to tell him about Anthony. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, anything you want to talk about, that's fine. But anything you need to keep to yourself, that's fine too. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And we find out that they had had a big fight the night before and he had called off the engagement. And she had told him a big secret that she had and he couldn't deal with it. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun is right. And George says, basically, you know, I'm sorry that it happened. And he calls her Shell, which I have a friend whose name is Michelle and they call her Shell too. So I kind of liked this. I keep thinking in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and it's irking me. Oh, well, yeah, I can see that. But she... Was there a character called Wasn't that there? in the turtle? I, I don't know. So. I don't remember that. I don't know. They had the Heroes in a Half Shell thing on their theme song. but Yeah, I don't think anybody was just called Shell. But basically, he storms off, and then the next day is 9-11, and... When she saw the buildings fall, she knew he was there. And she didn't know what to do because she still loved him. And she thought that they would be able to work things out. And he was just gone. Yeah. And that's kind of when she, yeah, she just didn't know what. And she, he and says. She asks him if she, if he's going to ask what the big secret was. And he just decides to make a joke of it instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he says No. Um, I don't really care. If, well, if you want to tell me, that's great. But well, otherwise, it doesn't matter to note. me. Right. He does. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, you know, I've been watching a lot of TV talk shows, so I'm going to guess that you're a post-op transsexual. <laughs> <laughs> she says, no, that's not it. <laughs> okay, as long as that's not it. <laughs> Editor, please cut this out. But by God, if the two of them would just tell each other, it would solve so many problems, oh, as usual. You know, I know. It's like the whole, yeah, uh, like that the whole entire time. Yeah. You figure it, you kind of figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, by this time, you're starting to figure out things. And by the end of this, when 
all this stuff goes down, you're just like, tell each other. I know that that's my, the next like 10 chapters in my notes are, why won't you stay? Yeah. You idiot. Pretty much, pretty much. Pretty much. So basically what they've decided to do is they're going to give each other six months. And then at the end of six months, they're going to tell each other their secrets. Y'all are not genre savvy. You don't give each other timelines. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back in England... We're with Draco Malfoy, of all people. Let's say Draco Malfoy. And he has his own house elf, Tibby, who was gifted to him as a child. And, you know, it's his house elf. And he says, would you like tea, sir. You can have your tea in the nursery. And Draco says yes. And he goes upstairs and Scorpius has his own house elf, Winnie. And she's sitting in the corner and watching him build with blocks. And Draco tells her she can go have dinner and he'll stay with Scorpius for a while. And then he realizes that she's hurt. And her hands are just really, really torn up and burned. And he wants to know what Pansy did to her. Bitch. Yeah. Well, it wasn't... Pansy didn't do it, but Winnie did it to herself. Right, but mm-hmm. she did it to save him. Because Scorpius threw up... He's allergic to pumpkin juice, pumpkin juice, and Pansy tried to feed it to him. Right, and so he threw up all over her shirt and her jumper, and so she was going to smack him around, and the house elf said that she would take the punishment instead. She would punish herself. Which... If I was Pansy, that wouldn't have made me, you know, I'd have, I would have thought that Pansy would still hit Scorpius because yeah. she's full of rage and the house elf ironing her own hands is not going to alleviate that rage. No. But it's, it works it for might. the story. Yeah. It might, but it works for the story. And Draco kind of talks to Scorpius and says, you know, I wish life was a little bit different and that your mother wasn't your mother and that your grandfather wasn't the git that he is and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. But he's I'm so glad. spent the day managing the house, which is misspelled. I, I love well. this conversation he has. It's, just, it's so, I know it doesn't feel like Draco, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of funny. It, well, I, I found it kind of sad because he's sitting there having this adult conversation. I mean, kids only like, what, two, three? Mm-hmm. Barely two. Yeah. And, I mean, he doesn't understand, but he sits there and listens to him. And he's, I mean, it's pretty much, I mean, Scorpius is his, is his dad's diary, pretty mm-hmm. much. He's just telling him what's going on and he's trying trying to do it. And, I mean, in so many ways, he's soaking everything in. I mean, you can tell he loves them. Yeah, and Scorpius is picking up more of this than he might think, too. Probably. He at least recognizes Alfred's name. Mm Mm-hmm. Or actually, Draco doesn't say Alfred, Scorpius does. He says that the young man who saved your life. uh, That's a complicated thing that sounds like, but then again, I'm not very good with child development, so... Well, I think he could have picked up, because he's talking about... You know, the smartest witch and and George and Alfred and, and you it's know. Kind of, I mean, yeah, in so many ways, it's kind of, it's just like he's telling the fairy tales. Kind of like what Katie did mm-hmm. with Albus in so many, 
in some in some ways. He's pretty much helping him in I mean, like anything, you tell your kids a certain thing when they're younger, they end up being they'll absorb anything and believe mm-hmm. what they what their parents say. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I love this because he says, Someday I'm gonna take you to Mr. Weasley's shop and you can have whatever you want. Even if it's just a silly trick that grandfather would say is a waste of money. And then he thinks about it and he says, especially if it's that. Because. <laughs> yeah. He's going to get the loud, noisy toys that will drive Lucius up the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a drum set. Yeah, there you go. And we find out that he had a crush on Hermione for a while, but Lucius of he did. drove that out of him. And, you know, you kind of knew it. Drove it out of him because Lucius was always, you know, I would hate him. to. I would hate to think how. Mm. Well, the thing is, I mean, it's the fine line between love and hate. Yep. Mm-hmm. But he's, you know, he's a changed man. He's seen the error of his ways, and he is going to try to be a better man so that Scorpius can be a better man. And you know, I can maybe not work as hard to be that better man. Mm-hmm. And I can see becoming a father doing that to Draco. It's not mm-hmm. outside of the realm of possibilities at all mm-hmm. in my mind. Yeah. And I love how he's like, go be friends with their daughter, Rose. It would drive your grandfather nuts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And, and this then- must just be a spell check thing because now they have Malfoy Manor spelled correctly. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. And-, and now we go back. And George is naked. <gasps> George is naked. We don't have Charlie in a towel. We've got George naked. Except for a sheet. Well, he's got a sheet Naked on. as a jaybird. <laughs> <laughs> he's starting to shiver, so she covers him up. And she's, you know, kind of playing with his hair. She called it carroty, but now it's it's not so carroty. It's shiny copper red and so pretty. <laughs> it's a reverse ad of Green Gables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he didn't smash a slate over her head. That is true. So Alf is sleeping over at Tony's. And so she's having a sleepover. sleeping over at George's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, Alfred knows he's not stupid. No. And she's thinking about how George is going to react when she tells him the secret. But she... Relieved? Yeah, I know. She gets up and decides to go and have some breakfast. And George wakes up and he's like, oh, satiny skin. And then he looks over and she's not there. And he's like, but it wasn't a dream. She was here. I can still smell her. I can still see where her head rested. And then he's like, she's in the kitchen. Oh, no. Somebody could flu call any minute. (laughs) Can you imagine him naked? Running downstairs. <laughs> you know, he grabs his jammy bottoms and runs downstairs to, you know, move the little sculpture that's the thing you can't call in. And she's like, I'm insulted, George. You sprinted down here half dressed to examine a Hummel? And George is like, I had a dream that something bad happened to it. And she's like, Yeah, yeah. right. Sure. It's a did. Hummel. It's a, it's a, a brand of figurine. Yeah. First, or the last name of characters was, on Glee, but uh, I know. that's not mm-hmm. relevant. <laughs> when I was first reading this, I thought it said Hummer, and I'm like, how did they get a Hummer into the kitchen? <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> got a little model car on the mantelpiece. 
Well, then, so, well, that didn't make sense either. It was a model car because I'm like, you can't block the fire. <laughs> I don't know. It took me a while to figure that out. Mm-hmm. He's just got a charm on the mantle so that if something's sitting on that spot, the flu won't open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that must drive people nuts. Well, it will later. Yeah. He's looking over at her and she's wearing his blue G sweater of course. that his mother made. And she's like, I love this sweater. And all I can think of was, well, maybe someday Molly will knit you one. <laughs> and it smells mm-hmm. of cedar and nutmeg and coffee. And you're a cologne. It smells like you. And that made me think of the Amartentia. Is that how you say it? Amartentia? Yeah. The potion. Parchment and mown grass and... Mm-hmm. So is it all his hair? Because Joe revealed that the third scent in Hermione's was the scent of Ron's hair, and Harry smells Ginny's hair, and I forget what the other two things were. Yeah, well, this doesn't smell like hair, so I don't know. I just like, oh, I just like make them up and have some fun. <laughs> they do, yeah. How long until Elf comes home? Oh, we've got a little bit of time. Okay, let's go. I'm so excited. And when Alf comes home a little bit later, they're innocently sitting at the kitchen table with their second cup of coffee. And, of course, he's not fooled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And George says, how was your sleepover? And Alf almost says, fine, I was yours. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he decided he didn't want to die young. <laughs> Are you to an item now or what? Yeah. Is this going to help my grades at all? <laughs> Actually. <laughs> it's going to make it worse. All right. And that Alf bag has... looks very heavy, Alfred. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Is there anything criminally oriented I need to be concerned about? <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> okay. very odd. And Michelle's like, you two are so funny. <sighs> yeah. She finally leaves and George is remembering Christmas with Percy, frog marching P- Percy down. And this is going to be his first Christmas without family and he's having a hard time. Yeah. What about Alfred? Well, but then yeah, but Arthur calls. Arthur mm-hmm. does They've been call. trying to get through all day because uh, he oh. hadn't moved the figurine back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, he had company. Yeah. Muggle company. I had muggle company. Mm-hmm. Really? You want to tell me about it? No, Charlie not Charlie might have mouth. said something about that. Yeah, yeah. Charlie's mm-hmm. got a big mouth. And Molly has bought. Grandpa Arthur. Weasley. I know. What's his name again? Grandpa Weasley. Airplane tickets. He's oh, flying to America. Airplane tickets. Yep. Logan Airport. Woohoo. <laughs> I was just there well, five months ago. But, you know, you got to love George because he's so down in the dumps and he wants his family so bad. But he says, we can't take you away from the rest of the family. And <laughs> he's like. They're fine. They've got each other. I'm coming on an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> Arthur. I'm going to be. I'm going to see a muggle house and get to stay there. I get yeah. to find out how airplanes stay up. Yeah. <laughs> a muggle Christmas with Dad. Oh boy. Yeah. I still don't know how airplanes stay up. Wind velocity. The Bernoulli principle. <laughs> Explain that to me later using very little words. <laughs> okay. But first, we're going to If say, I can remember. The end. Yep. That's where we're wrapping up for this week. Brilliant. And we will get on to the rest of December, parts two through four, um, next time. And probably a couple other chapters as well. Yep. Oh. This is fun. I love seeing them in America and being muggled. Me too. I think mm-hmm. it's really fun. 
So you guys will have to tune in or, better yet, read ahead like everybody else seems to have done <laughs> this time around. Yep. And we will... Wasn't that a fic? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think there was something named that, yeah. Yeah, it does sound for me. I have actually been reading along as we go, so, you know. Uh, yay, but I have read so. it before. Yeah, oops. <laughs> I read the whole thing. Okay. I, I so did I. It's okay. Really, the only reason I haven't is that I didn't get a chance to really start. So oh. I've been reading as we went today. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah. But yes, it's a really fun fic. I think it's good that we decided to keep going and mm-hmm. we will have to pry ourselves away to not do the other ones, but they are giant. Yeah, so, uh, it gets to be too much. Next one is... The next one's not... chapters. And then the next one's... 43. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. So it gets a little, <laughs> a little bad. But we're going to just leave it there and say goodnight so Trisha can go to bed since it's getting pretty late for her. Mm-hmm. So good night, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this. Good night. We'll talk to you all next week. Good night, guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when she does that. That's our equivalent of Jen going, bye. Bye. Let's yeah. going. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.